0: The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It does not constitute legal or other professional advice. No one connected with this podcast can be responsible for your use of the information discussed. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and do not represent the opinions of any other person or entity. These views are subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Welcome to LEAP, Legal Issues in Policing, a podcast blending the demands of the book with the rulings from the bench through the lens of the bag police officers with a solid understanding of the law and their legal powers are more confident competent and effective each and every episode will examine a legal issue in policing by reviewing current canadian criminal case law from coast to coast to coast be prepared to uncover a legal lesson that will improve your decision making now let's leap in Hello, everyone. My name is Mike Nowakowski, your podcast host, and you are listening to LEAP, Legal Issues in Policing. I wanted to provide an update to a case discussed in Episode 3 concerning vehicle inventory searches. The case was R.V. Arsenal from the Nova Scotia Supreme Court. If you listen to that episode, you will recall that Mr. Arsenal was arrested for impaired driving and refusing to provide a breath sample. When the police conducted an inventory search of Arsenal's truck, they found a loaded handgun in its glove box within reach of the driver. It had no trigger lock and was not stored in a case. The search was found to be lawful and the handgun admitted as evidence. Well, we now have a verdict and a sentencing decision. The judge ruled on the merits of the evidence and convicted Arsenal on 9 of 14 charges. So here's the rundown. Impaired driving, $2,000 fine. Refusing to provide a breath sample, $2,000 fine. Possessing the loaded handgun without having a license to possess it, four years incarceration. Possessing a restricted firearm while prohibited, six months consecutive to the four years incarceration. Possessing ammunition while prohibited, six months concurrent. Being an occupant of a vehicle knowing there was a handgun, three years concurrent. Careless transportation of a firearm, six months concurrent. Transporting a firearm contrary to the Firearms Act regulations, six months concurrent. And finally, possessing the handgun without holding a registration certificate for it, two years incarceration concurrent. In total, he received four years and six months imprisonment. Now, Arsenal was acquitted of possessing the gun for a dangerous purpose. He was also acquitted of possessing a prohibited device, being its magazine, because there was no evidence the magazine was a prohibited device. And three charges were stayed due to the principle which requires a lesser offense be stayed if an accused is charged with two offenses that are so similar as to make them essentially the same. It's also known as the Knapple principle, named after the case. So let's stay on the same topic, inventory searches. By now having a look at a Nova Scotia Court of Appeal decision recently released and indexed as R.V. Myers, 2022, NSCA 69. A link to that case will be found in the episode notes. So what happened in the Myers case? A police officer saw a truck with a crooked license plate that was only partially attached and it had a taillight burnt out. The officer ran the license plate number and learned the plate was not connected to the truck. The officer stopped the truck and immediately recognized its driver as a person who had recently been arrested on drugs and weapons charges. The driver told the officer that he did not have insurance for the truck and that the truck was not legal. The officer called for backup and a tow truck. The officer decided he would issue tickets to the driver for driving with no insurance and driving an unregistered vehicle. The truck was to be towed because the officer was not going to allow it to be driven. It was not insured and did not have a proper license plate. The officer saw a large wad of cash on the truck's dash, along with a Pictou County biker support patch and a portable debit machine. Now, the case didn't say much about the Pictou County biker support patch but I did find a 2021 article from the CBC reporting there were 14 active outlaw motorcycle gangs in Nova Scotia, including the Highlanders MC, Pictou County, which was reportedly a Hells Angels support club. Now, I can't say with certainty that this is what the support batch related to, but my police instincts pushed me in that direction. If you are in Nova Scotia and know more about this, perhaps you could drop me an email and let me know if my instinct is correct. Now, before towing the truck to a third-party lot, the officer was going to conduct an inventory search. However, there was also a passenger in the vehicle. His name was Luke Myers. Both occupants were removed from the vehicle and detained. The driver sat in the back of the police cruiser. He was handcuffed. The officer had safety concerns related to the driver due to his criminal history. Myers, the passenger, stood on the sidewalk. He was patted down and a small pocket knife was found, but the officer had no safety concerns related to him. The officer started the inventory search by opening a backpack located on the floor on the passenger side of the truck. When the officer saw an unsigned bank card, marijuana, and cocaine in the backpack, Myers was arrested, the inventory search was stopped, the truck was secured, and a search warrant for the truck was obtained. In the backpack, police subsequently found a bag of cannabis, a bank card belonging to an unknown individual, cocaine, ice pills, a spoon, cash, a scale, and baggies. In the truck, police found a money clip with money, along with the driver's bank card, a Samsung phone with 20 missed calls, money in the ashtray, a score sheet, a USB stick, a pellet handgun under the driver's seat, and a 22 caliber bullet. Myers also provided a videotape statement to police. Myers was subsequently charged with two counts of possession for the purpose of trafficking. One count related to PPT cocaine, the other count related to PPT methamphetamine. At his trial in Nova Scotia Provincial Court, Myers argued the inventory search was not reasonable in the circumstances and breached his rights under Section 8 of the Charter. That's the right to be secure against unreasonable search or seizure. If the search of his backpack was unlawful, Myers argued the discovery of its contents, his statement made to the police, and an expert's opinion that the exhibit seized... Would be indicative of Myers possessing the methamphetamine and cocaine for the purpose of trafficking resulted from the illegal search. As a consequence, he wanted the drugs, the statement he gave, and the expert's report excluded as evidence. But the trial judge rejected Myers' contention. The trial judge noted that the purpose of the inventory search was for officer liability reasons. The police do not want to be blamed or held liable for items that allegedly disappear from a vehicle once it has been towed away. In addition, the inventory search is conducted to ensure that there are no weapons or other hazards in the vehicle before it is towed. Myers was convicted on two counts of possessing a controlled substance for the purpose of trafficking. The judge also noted that courts must be extremely vigilant in any situations where an individual is stopped roadside by the police and the police then proceed to search that person's vehicle to purportedly conduct an inventory search of it. The judge recognized that an inventory search cannot be a roundabout way of conducting a fishing expedition of a vehicle in the hopes of possibly finding evidence of a crime. In the end, the judge found the inventory search was authorized, conducted reasonably, and did not violate Section 8 of the Charter. And even if there had been a Section 8 breach, the judge would still have admitted all of the evidence under Section 24-2. In his view, any breach of Myers' charter rights was minor, and the traffic stop involved serious considerations for officer safety, and some steps would have been taken to ensure the safety of the officer and of the public by conducting an inventory search. Now, Myers wasn't happy with this result. He appealed the trial judge's decision to a three-member panel of the Nova Scotia Court of Appeal. Although Myers thought the judge cited the correct law in relation to inventory searches, he suggested the trial judge did not apply the law correctly. Myers said the Court of Appeal should exclude the evidence arising from the charter breaches and enter acquittals in relation to the CDSA charges. So now the Nova Scotia Court of Appeal had to determine whether the search of Myers' backpack that was located in the front of the truck was lawful or not. Remember, the Crown sought to justify the search of the backpack as being authorized as an inventory search. There was no suggestion the backpack was opened as an investigatory search or incidental to arrest. Myers conceded that Section 273 of Nova Scotia's Motor Vehicle Act implicitly authorized a search of the truck for inventory purposes because it was being seized under that provision. However, Myers suggested the search was not conducted in a reasonable manner in that it exceeded the parameters of an inventory search. He suggested the solution was simple. He should have been given his backpack and sent on his way before the inventory of the truck began. After all, he was only a passenger and there was no justifiable reason for the backpack to be part of an inventory search of the vehicle contents. Now, Nova Scotia's Court of Appeal looked at how other jurisdictions applied the law in relation to inventory searches, including Ontario and British Columbia. In doing so, it teased out the following principles to apply in assessing whether an inventory search triggered by the impoundment of a vehicle pursuant to the Motor Vehicle Act was conducted reasonably. And I quote, Number one, courts must exercise vigilance in assessing whether an inventory search was conducted reasonably. The power of police to search the contents of a vehicle under the detention power contained in the Motor Vehicle Act is one fraught with the risk of purposeful or inadvertent misapplication. Police must be vigilant that the manner in which an inventory search is conducted does not go beyond its purpose. Number 2. The purpose of an inventory search is to document the contents of a vehicle that will be taken into possession of the police. Number 3. Whether an inventory search is conducted reasonably will depend on an assessment of the totality of the circumstances in a particular case. Number 4. Given its purpose... A reasonable inventory search does not extend to personal property of occupants that will not remain in the vehicle when taken into police custody. 5. Occupants should be given the opportunity to remove their personal belongings from the vehicle prior to it being placed under police control, unless doing so would interfere with the investigation being conducted. 6. As the Crown has the burden of establishing the inventory search was conducted reasonably, Police should explain why personal belongings which could have been taken by occupants were retained and or searched. And, number seven, if personal belongings such as a purse, backpack, or bag remain in the vehicle after it is placed in police control, it is reasonable, as part of an inventory search, to document the contents thereof. It is important to recognize the opening of a purse or bag in one situation may be found to be part of a reasonable inventory search, whereas the context in another case may lead to the conclusion such action is unreasonable. Now this is nothing new. I went over all of this in Episode 3. And if you listen to Episode 3, you'll remember that I said, you need to consider allowing a driver or occupant to take possession of any personal property contained within the vehicle they wish to retain Assuming that in doing so, it does not interfere with your duties. After all, with an impoundment, the objective is to impound the vehicle, not its contents. If this occurs, you are not searching this property because you are not taking charge of it. There is no automatic right to search a passenger's personal belongings as part of an inventory search because of the MVA infractions of the driver. So that's where the trial judge blew it. He knew the correct law, but failed to properly apply it. An inventory search was appropriate in this case, but just not in relation to Myers' backpack. The judge failed to consider whether the backpack needed to be inventoried. And of course, the police officer made the same mistake the judge did. After all, the decision to tow and impound the vehicle arose from the driver committing the MVA infractions for no insurance and improper registration. Myers himself carried no liability in relation to these offenses. Instead, he was simply a bystander and there were no officer safety concerns regarding Myers. He had been completely cooperative and even subjected to a pat-down search, which disclosed a small pocket knife, but this caused the officer no safety concerns. And there was no evidence of necessity or justification to search Myers' backpack as part of the MVA investigation. Here is what the appeal court said, and I quote, An inventory search only applies to the contents which will be remaining with the vehicle after it is taken into police control. This does not give the police carte blanche to search personal belongings unrelated to the particular investigation which the occupants may wish to remove from the vehicle, end quote. Meyer should have been invited to remove his personal belongings from the vehicle before commencing the inventory search. Unlike visible contents of the vehicle, a passenger would have an expectation of privacy in regard to a closed backpack. Although the officer was justified in undertaking an inventory search of the truck, The officer had an obligation to undertake the search in a reasonable manner and in accordance with the law. There was no justification to search Meyer's backpack as part of an inventory search. Therefore, the search of it exceeded what was required to effect an inventory search in these circumstances. As a result, Meyer's rights under Section 8 of the Charter were infringed, and the Court of Appeal had no difficulty concluding the discovery of the contents of Meyer's backpack and his subsequent statement to police were directly related to the unreasonable manner in which the inventory search was conducted. The drugs were discovered directly due to the Section 8 breach, and the subsequent statement flowed from it. How do you think the Court of Appeal handled the admissibility of this evidence? Well, they tossed it. The improper search of Meyer's backpack was placed at the moderately high end of the culpability spectrum. When courts assessed the seriousness of police misconduct in violating a charter right, the court will consider the culpability of the police on a spectrum, with good faith at one end and bad faith at the other. So, the court placed the conduct of the officer in this case closer to the bad faith end than the good faith end. Consequently, when weighing the seriousness of the charter infringing conduct prong of the admissibility test, along with the Section 8 breach's impact on Myers' charter protected interests and society's interests in an adjudication of this case on its merits, the contents of the backpack and Myers' subsequent statement to police were excluded because the admission of the evidence would bring the administration of justice into disrepute. The Court of Appeals said that if the evidence was to be admitted, the case would set a poor precedent for the future use of inventory searches by police. So without the excluded evidence, there was no reasonable prospect of convicting Myers. As a result, the two convictions for PPT were set aside and acquittals were entered on both charges. So what legal lessons can we learn from this case? A couple come to mind for me. Number one, Nova Scotia can now be added to the list of provincial appellate courts that recognize inventory searches of vehicles. But remember the rules that apply. First, the taking into custody, impound, or seizure of the vehicle, however your provincial motor vehicle statute phrases it, that results in you taking custody of the vehicle must be lawful. This is where you need to understand your Provincial Motor Vehicle Act impounding, seizing, and tow authorities. If there is no lawful basis for taking the vehicle into police custody, the inventory search will not be authorized by law. Number 2. The legal authority for the police to conduct an inventory search of a motor vehicle under provincial motor vehicle statutes has not yet made its way to the Supreme Court of Canada. However, in two separate cases, one cited as RV Caslake from 1998 and another RV Nolette from 2010, the police did say they were inventorying a vehicle pursuant to RCMP administrative procedures. In both of these cases, the Supreme Court refused to recognize the inventorying of a vehicle's contents as a valid objective for the purpose of the common law search power incident to arrest. This is really important to understand. The Supreme Court wasn't ruling on all inventory searches. It was ruling on inventory searches as an incident to arrest conducted pursuant to police policy, they were not ruling on the legitimacy of an inventory search pursuant to statutory authority, which is the authority that Myers was decided under. Number three, you must respect the scope of the inventory search authority. This of course includes searching for a proper purpose. And it sometimes happens that your conduct, which amounts to a search or seizure under the Charter, will yield evidence of a crime even though the purpose motivating your conduct had nothing to do with the investigation of crime. As long as your inventory search is conducted for a legitimate purpose, and you respect the rules of an inventory search, the fact you find evidence of a crime will not render your inventory search for that reason alone unreasonable. For more on this, check out episode 3 of this podcast. And of course, when you do impound a vehicle, offer its occupants a chance to remove their personal property before you conduct your search. Before wrapping up this episode, I must also mention that Myers tried to argue that his rights under Section 9 of the Charter, that's the right not to be arbitrarily detained or imprisoned, were breached because, as a mere passenger, he was improperly detained during the traffic stop. He claimed he was detained for some 15 minutes before he was finally arrested and read his rights. Now, the Court of Appeals said there was no question that Myers was detained by police up to and including the time when his backpack was opened and searched by the officer. But the trial judge did not turn his mind to the arbitrariness of Meyer's detention, something the trial judge was obligated to do. The Court of Appeal, however, also opted out of addressing the issue. It already decided to exclude the evidence because of the unreasonable search. Finding an additional charter violation wouldn't have changed this outcome. So what do we learn from this? One thing for sure we cannot, I repeat cannot, Use this case for any sort of authority that a passenger of a traffic stop who has committed no traffic violation themselves, such as not wearing a seatbelt, or is not otherwise detained for investigation, can be handled in the same manner the officer did in this case. Remember, Myers was patted down and detained up to the time of his arrest, which included the time police commenced the inventory search of the truck and searched his backpack. We don't know how the courts would have decided on the legality of how the police handled Myers. If you think this podcast would interest others, please share it. And if you have a topic you would like discussed in a future episode, you can email me at legalissuesinpolicing at gmail.com. That's legalissuesinpolicing at gmail.com. Or maybe you feel like providing me with some feedback. Either way, I would love to hear from you. And remember, be careful what you practice. You might get good at it. Be smart and stay safe.